0: Hello and welcome to Lazada Insider, featuring knowledge that makes a difference. We share trust and insights, forward-looking perspectives and exclusive expert interviews to keep you ahead of the curve. Hi everyone, I'm Chen, your host today. Indonesians have become more digitally connected than ever in the way they live, communicate and shop. While online commerce has increased a lot in Indonesia last year, However, when it comes to FNCG categories, Kanta studies show that only 11% of consumers have purchased online at least once in a year. So what can businesses and sellers in FNCG do to nurture more Indonesian online shoppers? Today, we are very excited to be joined by expert guest, Venu from Kanta, one of the top data analytics and consulting company in the world. Venu is the general manager of Kanta World Panel in Indonesia, with over 20 years of experience in market research, he has worked across different research streams such as retail, customized, and media to provide insights to help businesses to grow. Hi, Venu. Welcome and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to speak at the Lazada Insider Series. Pleasure to be here talking to you, Chen.
0: My pleasure. First of all, you are the General Manager of Indonesia Kanda World Panel. Could you please tell us more about your company and what you do?
1: Okay, uh, Kantar is a, is a global market research agency, and we specialize in understanding people and inspiring growth for our clients, be it across FMCG, finance, automotive, electronics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I as the World Panel, I'm the general manager, for, and I manage one of the divisions in Indonesia called Kantar World Panel. What we specialize is in tracking consumer purchase trends in the FMCG sector by looking at who buy our category and brand, where do they buy, how much they buy, how often do they buy, and how much do they spend. By understanding all this, the manufacturer can then uh, hopefully identify great opportunities to grow and innovate to meet the consumer needs and wants. And that's where we come in to help the manufacturers understand those opportunities. Today in Indonesia, we work with about 40 FMCG clients to help them understand people and
0: inspire growth. Sure. I couldn't wait to hear your insight. So let's start with talking about the impact of COVID-19 on consumer spending and shopping behavior in Indonesia. What are the major impacts that you have noticed on different categories in Indonesia?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, It's it's been quite an interesting year. So far, if I remember right, the first case of COVID was reported sometime early March. And so it's more than, a little more than a year now. And I believe the, looking at what is happening you know, on the ground, I think it's likely to stay uh, like this for a large part of this year too. And the consumers have obviously adapted themselves to these ever changing market conditions, be it uh, restricted movements, work from home. Uh, not being able to have social gatherings, and and Indonesia is a very inclusive society, so they always are looking forward for catching up with families, and 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 uh, and that's obviously taken a hit. The other one, which is also concerning, is that maybe this will probably be the second year in running that a lot of the Indonesians will not be able to go to their hometowns and meet their loved ones uh, for Ramadan. And on on the bottom of all this, you have the whole backdrop of. Uh, you know, economic situation where, you know, there, are, there could be cases of some people being furloughed, some people having lost their jobs, businesses opening and shutting down. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of changes happen. Uh, but then, and then to be more specific, and if you look at how shopping behavior changed, I think the first thing I would like to highlight is about how consumers, you know, prioritize their, their spends. So what we saw is that uh, the, you know, the fresh food, FMCG communication, obviously, as people are spending more time at home, uh, saw uh, a significant increase, whereas on the other side, you know, traveling, eating out, entertainment got impacted negatively. And uh, that's what we have been advising marketers to, to keep note of of these changing uh, situations. And, and, and one of the things that we have been really professing during this period is that you can't have a strategy of one's, uh, one thing that fits all you know you you need to break indonesia into uh, you know big cities small towns rural because the impact has been different for different areas so in cities where there are a lot of a lot more people who work the impact has been that obviously they're working from home so certain categories saw an increase those in the probably in the rural areas or small towns there was not so much of movement restrictions uh, they, it was much uh, uh, you know under control so, so there you could still, you know, continue with your uh, current strategy or whatever we, we had pre-COVID. And uh, obviously, they need to adapt their, their distribution, the way they communicate, depending on the situation of the market. And that's what we have been in the last one year trying to help uh, our clients understand uh, these changes and how they adapt their strategy.
0: So slightly after a year, I think we are kind of like still in the middle of this crisis. So in your opinion, do you see any emerging trends that you observe? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, in the sense that
1: um, I, I can talk of uh, specifically within the FMCD sector. We, we did see that obviously as people are spending more time at home, there's obviously much more in-home cooking. There's a, so a lot of the, and even say some of the big packs that um, you know you would buy rarely, or or, or certain special occasions that became now part of your regular monthly shopping basket because you want to indulge at home. Uh, People are obviously getting uh, to be careful about what they eat uh, and the kind of uh, categories that we saw growing, which are related to health and nutrition saw a significant growth during this period. Also the way they they shop, uh, one of the things that we noticed is that the large format stores, Uh, took a bit of a a beating during this period because I guess people are a bit uncomfortable about going there they they don't know what kind of social restrictions are are, uh, being applied in the store Uh, so as a result the proximity channels like the mom and pop stores and the mini markets they saw an increased uh, sale the other thing is also that uh, because of uh, you know some government programs like uh, uh, Bantuan social uh, due to the pandemic, uh, saw an increase. Obviously, gifting went up during this period. But also, the interestingly, during Ramadan, we also saw that the kind of categories that got into a gifting basket was a bit different from uh, than a normal year. We're seeing more of instant noodles and frozen food and those kind of items, which are which consumers probably were not buying as often, or as uh, not part, as part of their gifting, but it, it it became now part of their gifting channel. And lastly, to, to come back to the you know, this, uh, this series, uh, online sales, uh, while it is still at a nascent stage for, for FMCG, we did see an increase. So while you're saying, yes, only 11% of Indonesian consumers have ever bought online, but that number a year ago was probably at about 8%. So you, you do see a good 40% increase in the number of buyers who came in and bought something into online. And also, the, even, even the products that they used to buy. So while in the past, it was predominantly, you know, personal care and, and baby categories. Now we started seeing also people, out, uh, you know, to buy uh, food and beverages, which was not there as part of the basket in, in the past. So there is, there is a lot of emerging trends, as, as, uh, as you can see.
0: Okay. That is very interesting, and I want to deep dive a bit more into the 11% you mentioned just now, the online commerce. Yes, it did increase from 8% uh, compared to the year before. So it also means that the brick and mortar still remain the most popular shopping channels for most of the consumers. So in your opinion, what are the key challenges um, when it comes to online shopping amongst Indonesian consumers? i think one of the, the key
1: things for online is, is that it obviously is very flexible it can be visited anytime whether you are for coming there for browsing or even for a serious buying. Um, also it, if you look at it that it while well, i said it's at a nascent stage from a value share perspective it's it's still far less than um, you know uh, than what you would have expected when we look at other southeast asian markets so in in Indonesia, the value share of online for FMCG is about one percent. So there is obviously huge opportunity uh, for it to grow. The, there are obviously some challenges. I mean, FMCG being you know fast moving, there's obviously that that uh, you know the, the kind of you know the kind of way people shop is is different. As again saying, if you're buying a durable or if you're buying some products which you buy once in a while. Uh, for just for instance, uh, uh, Indonesians on an average shop about 300 times in a year. That's almost once a day, right? So grocery shopping is is among their daily activities. And they expect instant availability when, when they shop. They also expect instant delivery because, they, or, or, or rather they just go to the shop and pick up the product and bring it, bring it home. So obviously the, there will be those challenges when you go online. Uh, the other challenge is also that that the the amount of uh, what people spend in a in a shopping trip. So in in in, in a typical FMCG scenario, uh, the Indonesian on an average spends about twenty thousand rupiah, and they mostly make the payment in cash. So whereas whereas if you come to an online, well the average spend is is higher, but but uh, but it still would mean that you will have to charge an additional delivery cost. Whereas if you go to a brick and mortar, there is no cost. You just uh, pick up the product and, and bring it home. So how do we then overcome this challenge, where you know the delivery cost doesn't become a significant proportion of our, of our basket that we buy online? So 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 these are these are some some challenges. Uh, but on the other hand, I do see some positives like, like on, online channels are not just a, um, you know just. It can it can go beyond just being a transaction platform to becoming an experience platform, and and if we if he give an enjoyable experience uh, to the consumer and move him from browsing to purchase, and uh, we are able to you know deliver at a much faster level, then I guess yeah we have got it right. The but while while the figures that I was talking about Chen was was more at an overall level. But it's important that, um, you know, the online channels and platforms, they they de-aggregate these consumers, you know, identify which are the consumers you need to go after. What is the, you know, addressable market that you're going to look at and then understand what are the motivations and barriers of these people, whether it could be, you know, uh, a couple households, whether it is uh, households with small children where they have challenges about, you know, going, going to offline channels so if you could if you could identify and deaggregate the consumers and then you 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 know you create a program and a strategy to to reach these people and show them the benefit of, of online anytime anywhere shopping that's where i guess the you know the excitement will, will really get into the online space
0: sure thanks for sharing so apart from the things that you actually mentioned just now so what are the other things fncg businesses can do to help the consumers to overcome some of the barriers you mentioned just now
1: uh yeah i mean i i see it as as uh, as, as four uh, elements that one can look at uh and I, and, I, and there is work already happening on that so i i may be you know repeating some of them so first I think I believe is that all brands should look at building official stores within, within the online platforms so that you can take consumers straight into your official store. It brings in a lot of credibility to the whole thing and, and it also obviously will drive awareness. Uh, the other element I would say would be that, uh, uh, you know we, we can use other applications and build features into them which can give us then direct access to move to an e-commerce platform. So I see something interesting, I like it, and I want to go further into either buying it or knowing more about it, it should be able to then link me and take me to, to that e-commerce uh, platform. Uh, in terms of how to reach the consumers, I think I touched upon that a little while ago, is that we need to you know, profile the, the kind of consumers we want to go after. And then we need to find a way to how do we get to them, and, and obviously if, uh, find a way in which you need to it can't be instant gratification the way it would happen in offline, but you need to make it as close to instant gratification as possible. And, and then the, the last one is, I believe that um, you know, in, 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 a, in, in an offline uh, scenario, what happens is that I go, I browse, I, I check out the products, I look at their expiry date. How is it that we can create all this, you know as close to real shopping experience? Uh, through you know e-commerce malls or e-commerce marts and and look at look at other ways too so that we can we can you know give all those uh, you know journey that the consumer goes through in an online uh, in an offline uh, uh, scenario and how best can we come as close to a real shopping experience i think yeah so these are the four things which i would uh, stress back on which is about how do we build good uh, brand official stores. How do we give easier access to e-commerce through features of other applications? Uh, how do we creatively reach our shoppers and and find a mechanism to, to deliver as fast as we can? And lastly, how do we make the whole experience of uh, online shopping as real as possible? The lastly, I believe the other thing which from a manufacturer point of view, I think they should I feel that they should not look at e-commerce as just another channel to sell their products. You should look at it in a more holistic way. It's a channel where you build awareness, where you create consideration, offer an experience, which will then, you know, uh, get, you, get our existing and potential buyers to buy our products. Uh, you almost need to, you know, uh, be creating a completely separate department for a digital strategy, uh, strategy which includes uh, e-commerce. I believe it should have its own almost like a, a company within a company. So you've got to have its own, uh, PNL, its own finance team, sales, marketing, all this to manage, you know, pricing, distribution, advertising, promotion, even research. And, and this will, uh, and, and this will then allow you to look at this whole channel or this department uh, with its own PNL and, and, uh, you know, will drive profitability to you
0: and the, Manufacturer. Thank you very much, Venu. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, thank you again for the insightful sharing. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Shen. Bye. This is Lazada Insider. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you click follow and subscribe so you don't miss our latest insights and expert interviews. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, take care. La-zada.